You're listening to the We Don't Want to Wait iZombie Podcast Marshmallow Crossover Spectacular Spectacular Special. I'm Robin. I'm Stephanie. And we're here to talk about Veronica Mars. We're in Season 2. Season 2. Woohoo! Can we tell you the episodes? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you the episodes. Normal is the watchword. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Driver Ed. Yep. And Cheaty Cheaty Bang Bang. (laughs) Yep. Uh, good introductions to the season. Some some mysteries. A new mystery is set up. A, a couple of new mysteries, I believe. So, um, yeah, and still like echoes of season one. Yeah. So, um, season two, three episodes. We're going to be doing three episodes a week now. Um, other than that, we've there's all sorts of uh, you know excitement uh, getting into iZombie for a moment. The iZombie. Um, just wrapped its final season this past week, so I think it's Aww. like I'm, I've been like kind of sad that it's uh, finishing up, but also like, but it's not actually finished because we haven't even started it yet. <laughs> you're you're prematurely mourning the end of a zombie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's funny. Uh, we've been doing these uh, live watches, and if you. Want to watch iZombie with me and sometimes stuff? Um, the uh, the show is we're, we're watching it at 11 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays until the uh, series uh, comes back on May 2nd. Um, so one of the things that came to my attention while watching one episode uh, is uh, listener Maddie was actually hanging out, and she let me know that IMDb. Uh, release some episode titles, and you know I'm not sure if we could confirm these or not, but they sound like iZombie episode titles. So I have the episode titles all the way till episode 11. There's no title on IMDb for 12 and 13. So did you want to hear these stuff? I think you, did you not read them to me last week? Not all, not all of these now. Okay. Um. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. They, there's there's uh, basically the first 11 titles. So. So yeah, folks. If you don't want to, if you don't want to be spoiled on the episode titles, I guess uh, skip ahead. Um, but uh, here they are. Okay, um, Thug Death. De- okay, because we said Thug Life. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay, so so here's some more. Uh, mm-hmm. Deadlift must be like okay. maybe. Yeah. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, as in A T E. So I'm thinking that's the mm-hmm. dancing episode. Ah. Uh, dot zom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, death moves pretty fast. Uh, the scratch maker. <laughs> Here's one. Filleted to rest. <laughs> uh, maybe a fisherman or something. I don't know. Death of a car salesman. Mm-hmm. The fresh princess. <laughs> fresh princess. Uh, night and the zombie city. And the not in the city. Okay, and the, I'm I'm really hoping uh, there's a bit of a tribute in here because uh, the uh, episode 11 is called Killer Queen, which is is, oh, is, wow. is a Queen song, but uh, you know it might just be a, a kind of like a riff on on that. Maybe it's I don't know. Is Liv turned into a queen by the end of the fifth season? And uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Does the Queen visit <laughs> New Seattle? I, I don't I know. We'll I don't know. It's just so it's hard, hard to. to yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so that's going to be starting May second. But again, if you want to join us for the live watch, I'm watching one episode of I Zombie Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um, look for the links on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, so shall we get into Veronica Mars season two? Yes. So I had you read the episode titles of that, and then it reminded me I had episode titles to uh, talk about. So, oh, okay. Yeah, thank you, Maddie, for pointing that out to me. And hopefully, IMDb uh, isn't playing tricks with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I, I have some uh, talk about uh, season two before we get started. This is, this is okay. From Rob Thomas. Uh, Rob says, you go through four years of development hell, struggling to get your pilot ordered, struggling to get the show on the air. At that point, I'm not thinking season two. I really did conceive of the show as this one-year mystery. I don't. I didn't know if fans would gravitate toward it. If, if I didn't know if in success, are we being driven by the mystery of the week? Is that what people find the most fun, or is it the overarching story? This sounds like a lot of uh, the stuff that he was wrestling with in uh, iZombie as well, right? Um but he goes on. Uh, the thing we certainly learned is that fans of the show, I think they're cool with the mystery of the week, but I think what they come back for is the ongoing mystery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, about midway through uh, last year, we started having to think about the big mystery for season two. It's not built to sustain because we have regular cast members. We can't bring back the Canes and the Eccleses and have them all be involved in the mystery. We need new blood for the show. So okay. we have some new people in our credits, the opening credits. Do you, mm-hmm. do you want to? Do you, do you remember everybody was who's new in the credits? Uh Ryan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Galner, Kyle Galner. Kyle Yeah, it's hard. Hard. Uh, to say Tessa Thompson. And Tessa Thompson. Yes. Woo-hoo. We'll be talking about her. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Yes. Um. So a little bit more trivia. Starting in the second season, Veronica Mars was moved to Wednesday nights, placing it in direct competition with ABC's popular TV show Lost. <laughs> oh. Rob Thomas says, I wish the juggernaut that is Lost was in our direct competition. And also, at the same time, um, Veronica Mars uh, was placed after America's Next Top Model. <laughs> so, so it's again... <laughs> It's like what a lead in. <laughs> well, we we loved America's Next Top Model back in the day. Oh yeah. I don't I don't know what season we quit watching, but Oh. It was great it was great entertainment for a while. Yeah. Um and I mean we talked about this on We Don't Want to Wait back when we were talking about Smallville. They had a whole tie in for the episode Fierce. <laughs> oh, God, where yeah. uh the network made um made the showrunners put a couple of America's Next Top Models into the show to kind of promote their show. Uh-huh. And, uh, can I just say that this happens again this week? Really? Oh, you don't know, huh? Oh, I, I'll be happy to point it out when we get there. <laughs> There's a little mystery for our podcast. <laughs> you think about that, Veronica. Uh, as we uh, go into the first episode, the season premiere is called um, Normal is the Watchword. Uh, formally titled You're in Trouble <laughs> Written by Rob Thomas uh, He was nominated for a WGA award uh, Best episodic drama for this episode But uh, he lost I forget what he, who he lost to um, But yeah it, Probably Damon Lindelof <laughs> and 
Carlton Cues. The synopsis is Veronica reveals the events that transpired over the summer after the resolution of the murder of Lily Kane. Meanwhile, Veronica investigates a scam involving students' forged drug tests and a school bus mysteriously goes off a cliff. So, yeah, I sat with this episode and really just had to keep hitting the pause button and arrange my notes to make sense of it all because it takes place in like three different time periods it's like true detective this episode uh, <laughs> we have uh you know young middle-aged and um elderly uh mahershala ali uh, as veronica mars this season uh, no <laughs> um so <clears throat> the, how i arranged my notes i first let, let's talk about the uh what happened over summer vacation okay okay I'm sure if you have notes, they're all over the place. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're they're very sparse. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we find out that uh, the the conclusion of that fight uh, was that Logan got one kick into Weevil's face and then got pounced by, which was shot terribly. You thought so? <laughs> there were there was a guy just stomping the ground. Oh. It's like so obvious. <laughs> he was just stomping the ground. <laughs> we're definitely kicking in the ribs of Jason Doring. <laughs> Um, But uh, yeah, Weevil gets knocked unconscious by this And so does Logan after being beaten He wakes up uh, by a passing motorist Who wakes him up and is a little scared Because Logan is laying next to the dead body of Felix And he has a Mm -hmm. knife in his hand Right Which is like, you know, R.I.P. Felix, you know But, I mean, but before that happened Uh before that, we saw. Okay, can we not talk about when Veronica wakes up at three a.m.? Like, when is that? Like, exactly. That's why I had to, that's that's why I was sitting there with my notes going, "Oh my god, I got to put this all in order." So, what happens after he gets woken up? You know, Felix's dead body is there. All the PCHers are gone, including Weevil. Um, he throws the knife in the water and drives off. Um, and the knife is never recovered. And then we go to the door. And there's Logan. It turns out the person that shows up at Veronica's door is Logan. Yeah, it's like they left they left themselves some options. Yeah. They could it could have been, been anyway. a couple yeah. of people. Um I was waiting for Shelly Pomeroy, but nope. <laughs> so uh yeah, Logan says he got beaten up by the PCHers, but it's not long before um Leo shows up to arrest him and I'm sure he was happy to do that. Um <laughs> Yeah, he, he caressed Veronica's face as he walked through the door to to uh, read Logan his rights. Yeah, that was interesting. Do you think that he knew about? I'm sure he knew about what happened there in Eccles. Because I was worried that he was going to be like, "How dare you hit her, Logan?" <laughs> you know, I was worried he was thinking Logan. Did. Wait, what? This is the same night that the reason why, why Veronica has faced her is this is the same night that uh, Aaron Eccles, um, the whole season finale. Oh. Yeah, uh... so. Yeah, because she's got her hand bandaged. Right. Um, and yeah, she gets she goes home while uh, Alicia stays in the hospital with Keith. So she's home from that, and then gets woken up at three in the morning by Logan. Mm-hmm. So, but I was wondering, like, oh, maybe Leo was is going to think that Logan hit her or something. But I'm assuming that everybody at that police department knows about. <laughs> yeah, about Aaron Eccles. Anyway, so chronologically, Logan is then put on trial, but the DA. Can't convict Logan. The, bites are, the, the bikers were there to beat him up, and if he did kill Felix, it, was, it might have been self-defense. Yeah, they couldn't find the murder weapon, right. and the 
bystander didn't show he, gone, he disappeared yeah. he didn't show back up and so this has put uh this has put um okay here we go another week of not being able to remember words there's a lot of <laughs> welcome to our podcast tension. everybody the word is tension. okay tension between the o-niners and everybody else oh yeah the pch o-niners get away with it upstairs and downstairs spoiled little rich yep. kids who think everybody should just you know the world revolves around them they can behave however they want to and no consequences yeah and the problem be- and the problem with that is that everybody perceives them as that so when somebody is being charged with a crime that he didn't commit um then it's looking like he's you know using privilege to uh get out of jail Mm-hmm. That now you know, Logan wakes up with the knife in his hand. He could have killed Felix in that scuffle. <laughs> yeah, I think that was just by the end of the episode. We see that a lot of a lot of things could have transpired during that time. It's very complicated. It's not simple. Yeah, who knows where? Who knows what happened? So that's the overarching mystery of the season, uh, the first one at least. <laughs> The first one, number one. Um, And and it is strange because, um, you know, I'm just thinking of that situation, you know. The PCHers all beat um, Logan to the ground. Weevil's knocked out. Logan wakes up. The PCHers are gone dead body. So the PCHers had to have gotten onto their bikes and left. Did they accidentally kill Felix or purposely kill Felix and leave his yeah, dead body like, there? Why did you leave his dead body there? That's your friend. Yeah. yeah what's going on? I mean, I would have loved to have like Weevil, a scene of like Weevil asking his boys what happened after he got knocked out. So anyway. Well, we're, I, we, it will be revealed eventually. I'm sure. I, you know, honestly, I can't remember. <laughs> No, I can't remember either. I just know that it's going to be complicated. I know, spoilers, it wasn't Wallace. Uh, <laughs> and it definitely wasn't backup. Um, all right. How I had... Okay, never mind. I don't know. Why do you say that? I'm just picking, like, uh, really, uh, you know, the, the sweetest characters of the show that it could possibly oh. not, couldn't possibly be. But who knows? Maybe they would. I mean, maybe backup came in there with a knife and, uh, you know... I'm just making things. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, So the town is outraged. He was only in jail for six weeks. As a result, school has metal detectors set up because, you know, who knows, you know, the rivalry. Somebody could bring a weapon Mm -hmm. into school. Um, The next uh, flashback we see is Logan and Veronica making out in the, the truck. And he says he's in love with her. And that's when somebody shoots through the truck window. So uh, Logan thinks it. That's serious. Yeah, Logan thinks it might have been a PCHRO. We don't know. That's still that's a mystery. Uh, so Logan goes to summer school. Uh, the Aaron Eccles story breaks up. Keith writes a book. Uh, there's a movie made. Trina tries to get her to get to pl- try to tries to play herself <laughs> in the Aaron Eccles story. Do you even though she wasn't anywhere around when all this was going? <gasps> Did you hear who ends up playing Trina? Uh oh uh. Tara, Tara Reed, <laughs> which is a great in joke, right? Because Tara Reed was mm-hmm. almost cast as Trina, and then Logan says he wants Tom Welling to play him, which I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's hilarious." 
I'm, I'm sorry. I think a Michael Rosenbaum would be a better Logan, I think. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's payback time. Dick, Beaver, Logan, they're pouring gasoline in community pools, lighting them up so everybody can't swim. All the, all the PCHers and all the, you know, the people from the, the out of O-Niner neighborhoods can't swim in public pools and it's a hot summer. And the, all the O-Niners have pools in their backyard. Speaking of pools, uh, holy crap. We have a new addition to this cast, not in the main credits, but <laughs> or like a reoccur- recurring character, <laughs> Charisma Carpenter, <laughs> as Kendall Casablancas. <sighs> when she steps out, I'm like, oh my. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> she's uh, she's uh, she turns out she is Dick and Beaver's stepmom. Sorry, Cassidy, uh, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> She's a. It's funny. She's. They say she's a former Laker girl, which is fun. But she was. She was a former Chargers girl. That's right. right? Yeah. Also, um, San Diego. You know, is where the Chargers are from. San Diego is also where she used to go to. Uh, Charisma used to go to high school. So she said she was really happy to return to the area to film the show. Mm. Um, almost cast Heather Graham. Uh, okay. Filming something called Emily's Reasons Why Not. So I guess that. Well, but Charisma probably has the better body. Um, I don't know. Uh, how how many years know. since Roller Girl is uh, is this? Uh, Roller Girl was like uh, 99, 98. I don't know. What is uh, Boogie Roller Nights Girl? when she was playing Roller Girl at? Oh. She was. Yeah, but she doesn't have a body like Charisma Carpenter. Yeah, that's true. And it's funny because like, this is, this is post-Angel Charisma Carpenter. And now, you know, this is... <laughs> Territory for us because we hosted uh, Redemption Cast together, so it's just funny, you know. I I could I think of Charisma Carpenter in those later years of Angel as you know, you know the short haircut. She's look she's more in a motherly role, but hot mama, I guess. <laughs> but here it's like she's back to like you know at least season three Cordy condition, you know season three Buffy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, she says my man. Uh, she wanted to play the role because the name is really spectacular. My manager was like, it's the best name in Pride Primetime, Kendall Casablancas. Um, <laughs> and she says, she has no shame. Um, there was a lot of extra work involved in getting bikini ready. I didn't want anything to wiggle. Most of the time, I meet my trainer at the gym and we do a lot of everything. Weights, circuit with cardio, football drills, sprinting with weights on the treadmill. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> That's a uh, Christmas. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into Christmas carpenter shape, that's what you got to do. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been to the gym once <laughs> since the new year. <laughs> uh, it's just hibernation time. It's just not time to be mm-hmm. too cold to get out in the morning and go to the gym. So anyway, uh, also over the summer, Veronica starts working at the Talon. I mean, um, yeah. Java the Hut. It's called. Yeah. Is that yep, what it Java is? Java the Hut. Okay. Well, yeah. Every once in a while, she'll say the yeah. hut or something like the that. The whole name is Java. Well, the hut. You, I didn't know that. Uh, now, at the end of last season, Keith quickly mentions that he doesn't want her working for him anymore. Right. So she's out. Mm-hmm. And he's on book tour anyway. He's not taking on cases. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we do see on the TV and Java the Hut, uh, Keith talking to Julie Chen Moonves. <clears throat> Yeah, and he's kind of awkward. He's so awkward on camera. (laughs) And his book is called Big Murder, Small Town. And uh, apparently he wrote it with somebody else, uh, you know, probably like a real writer, you know, and just kind of to make money. Um, 
because, well, the family's kind of broke and uh, Leanne kind of stole the, <laughs> stole a bunch of money, the, the college fund. Oh, and he also had hospital bills from oh, yes. uh, getting over the burns. That's right. Burn, burns are bad. Burns are okay. bad. I mean, he's looking all right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. Looks good. He's recovered quite well. <laughs> Uh, so Julie Chen Moonves, right? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I want to just say Julie. Julie yeah, Chen. she hasn't. She hasn't been on the uh, the the talk lately. She now maybe she haven't. I just glanced one day and saw she wasn't there, and just assumed she's not. I on. think she left it and now is just hosting Big Brother, right? Oh, it's Big Brother time. Okay. Well, I think it's because of the whole husband issue. Are they still together? Yes, They're they are together, aren't yep. they? She came out firmly in support of her husband and and like introduced herself as Julie Chen Moonvest. That's why I keep saying that. Oh, you know, it, I don't know. Oh. You um. Anyway, uh, I thought you were just you know making it obvious to me because yeah. I had I didn't I you know I don't pay attention to stuff me like either. that. But I do know that you know it, when I found out that she was the wife of the president of CBS, I was like, oh, that's why she keeps having these shows given to her. Yes. And speaking of, uh, UPN found that 53% of season one Veronica Mars audience was between the ages of 18 and 49. CBS, which like UPM is owned, UPN is owned by Viacom, tried to bring new viewers by broadcasting a few Veronica reruns during the summer. And as a further sign of corporate support, uh, Julie Chen, uh, who is married to Les Moonves, the top executive at CBS and UPN, appears in the premiere as herself. Mm. Yep. And also, we have all these weird guest cameos. <laughs> well, that's that's the so weird. That, yeah. So weird. Uh, we also find out that Duncan is now staying at the Neptune Grand. His parents have moved out of Neptune. And also, Duncan and Logan are not talking. And um, as we go along, Veronica, though, has had enough of uh, Logan and um, his war with the PCHers and breaks up with him and uh, says he's just having fun. Mm-hmm. And he has that violent outburst and Keith comes in. and Yeah. So um, after that, um, Duncan starts showing up daily at the job of the hut to study and hang uh, out. Oh, that was... That was really it cute. It was cute. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. When I f- the first time I watched this, Duncan bored the living daylight. <laughs> I know. I couldn't stand <laughs> it. I could understand what what Veronica saw in him. Mm-hmm. Why she didn't just want Logan. Logan was hot. Logan charisma. Logan this. Logan that. But this time, I you know um, I really got into the uh, that subtle triangle in season one mm-hmm. and was re- very relieved that Duncan and Veronica weren't brother and <laughs> sister and so they can finally be together and she does not need to be with it. Logan is on this self-destructive path he's a mess right yep. now and she does not need to be with him yeah, she will interact right down with him She's yeah. not ready to go hop in public, pour gasoline in public swimming pools. Like, why would he even think that she'd be okay with that? Yeah. And she she was like, Logan, somebody's going to get killed. Somebody already has gotten right. killed. It's bad. But meanwhile, Duncan's being sweet. And also, you know, all that stuff, all that color they tried to add to Duncan um, in season one to, you know, A, give him a little more character and B, you know, cast him as a possible suspect, you know. The epileptic seizures, mm-hmm. the brotherly thing—that kind of just is 
off-putting, I think, when you're trying to empathize with him in season one. Those outbursts that he did, that he did were just... I just yeah, go away, Duncan. I was very much more in Logan's camp, but now mm-hmm. it's on the other shoe. I I think uh, Duncan's uh, being super nice, and this whole fortune yeah. cookie thing. Did you know what that was all about? Because he leaves her a fortune cookie, and no. box, she opens it, and she's like, "Yay!" and then goes and kisses him. But I I was like, yeah. "What was that even about?" I, I I'm waiting for. I you wish to tell there me. was a deleted scene or some sort of something to let me know. Uh, the cool thing about season two is they uh, attach the deleted scenes for the episodes to the episodes, so you can actually watch them after you watch the episodes. Um, but nothing about um, uh, fortune cookie. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe the maybe the maybe the listeners can let us know if they caught something we did, or maybe it's a reference to something in season one. But I was I had no idea. <laughs> All right, which leads us to uh, the first case, which is the drug tests case. Okay, so we've got we filled in everything from the summer vacation all the way in, and now we can just deal with present time. Um, so uh, we have Kelvin uh, asking for Veronica's help, stops by Java the Hut, and she's not interested, and she thinks that uh, he's a jock, and you know he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, she said he's a bully, and this guy didn't come across. I don't know. They could have. They could have telegraphed this. They could have shown us more that he was a bully. He he just seemed okay. They could have cast a better bully. Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, and they did. They did say later how he like pants some kid, and that that kid was possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, she recommends Encyclopedia Brown, <laughs> and then he starts <laughs> yelling at her about selling out to the, to the O Niners. And I like how Rob Thomas wrote this. And I, I you know, I intentionally. Wanted to discuss this all chronologically, but it's cool how you know when he says this, you're thinking they're talking about Logan. But oh, yes, exactly. That she's dating Duncan at the end is, uh, is was kind of fun. Probably, yeah, probably that was really because it was uh, some, but <laughs> yeah, it was confusing in a way, but then it was a great reveal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, seniors rule. Um, Wallace. Okay, so Wallace fails his drug test. Uh, five others do. They're all like the star athletes, um, including including Meg, who's like the star cheerleader. And uh, I do love Veronica quoting Godfather Three. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in, <laughs> which is uh, was actually done again by uh, Blaine in I Zombie. I don't know if you remember that. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I love that the the kid that they pants their nickname is Buttered Butters, and then it turns out that uh, that's actually Principal Clemens' son. Also, uh, yeah, this whole urine. Uh, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I didn't care about it either. I was, I was really, and it dis- really was wrapped up. I was really, really dis- quickly. Yeah, I was disappointed that this was the the you know the first episode back was such a weak. I mean, it it wasn't weak. Everything else was great. Care about, but this was yeah. Like this whole thing with like boat. The kids all talking about boatloads of fun, boatloads of fun. I'm like, what are you talking? What is this? What? It's like the company has a you know like a a a silly name. So I don't know. It's just kind of distracting. Um, And then you know, it's just so simple that of course, like, like why is it that? The parents of the second best athletes on every single team work at this one company together, and they conspired as grown mm-hmm. adults to sabotage mm-hmm. drug tests in students' careers in order to give their students an advantage. That's that seems a little far fetched to me. 
Mm-hmm. I do like that one of the, the tennis player. Uh, his name is uh, uh, Viet Nguyen, who uh, is uh, at this time, I think, uh, you know, former student of Rob Thomas and soon to be editor and director of the show. And of uh, I think he, I think he works on Veronica Mars. He definitely worked on iZombie and was also a, it's also a friend of the pod. He uh, did a bonus episode, so it was cool. Cool to hear his name. So. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I gotta say, one of my favorite parts of this this is uh, when Veronica is giving Wallace a pee test, and just Keith like walking in on this and being like, "What? <laughs> what is going on?" And then, you know, he 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 is like a, a secondary uh, father to uh, uh, Wallace, so he loves to kind of make Wallace feel very uncomfortable as well. So he starts he leans in the door and suggests. Pinching his own nipples to make his <laughs> make the urine come out, which I I, I got to say Is that I've a thing? never tried that, but uh, I really have to remember to try it next time because you know. See, I just figured he said that because it was creepy and gross, <laughs> and it would freak him out. Uh oh yeah, and the lab tech, his name is Jim Chimmery. Which <laughs> anyway, this is. The, Jim Chimmery, Jim Chimmery, Jim Chim. <laughs> um, this is where you know when they get she gets all the shareholders to me at Job of the High, and we're like, oh, oh my God, these guys all work together, and Clemens is listening, and it's kind of just wrapped up in the background when something else overshadows the whole thing, and this is actually the scene where it's revealed that Duck and, Ver- and Veronica are dating. So, but yeah, because the the manager keeps saying, Veronica, your boyfriend's here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this time it turns out to be. Duncan. So the last part of this is, uh, and you know, more important than the middle part, but and you know, just as important at the beginning. This is the setting up the other season long mystery, or maybe episodes long. I have no idea. Um, the field trip to the to the Shark Stadium. Okay, so um, we have Duncan and Veronica uh, boarding the bus, followed by Dick Beaver, uh, Jessica Jones. Um, oh, uh, Jessica Jones. I mean, uh, Christopher Ritter's on the show. <laughs> Uh, Kristen Ritter says, you know, says about her time on the show, she says, Veronica Mars is a special place in my heart because it was my first big acting job and it was the most lovely, one of the most lovely on-set experiences you could ever ask for. Uh, apparently she was hmm. a huge fan of the show and if you remember when we were discussing uh, Return of the Cane, um, she actually lost an audition. She was going to be Wanda, who was uh, the girl trying to defeat the election there and Get the uh, pirate points taken away or something like that, remember? Oh, okay, That other girl actually won the role, but they remembered her and decided to uh, cast her in this episode as... uh, She has a striking uh, appearance. Yes. Like, like it's that dark hair, Mm -hmm. and she's so long and tall. I know, and actually, when she was cast as Jessica Jones, I was like... That girl that kind of looks like Wendy, Wednesday Adams, you know, <laughs> like, like you know, and all I knew her was from was from here and from uh, Breaking Bad, and neither of those took you know I could think of as like a tough superhero type. Yeah, she doesn't really come across as tough superhero, but don't trust the B in Apartment yeah. Twenty Three. Oh, she's she so is good. great in that. I had, I hadn't actually seen that until uh, um, go back to. Uh, we don't want to wait uh, when we did Vanderweek. Uh, <laughs> that's when oh, yeah. I first, uh, 
But uh, so anyway, so these guys all board the bus and they're being chaperoned by uh, Miss Dumbass. I mean, uh, Dumas. Just the easiest joke, but maybe it wasn't so easy back then. <laughs> Who is the uh, new new journalism teacher? They're going to need another journalism teacher. And uh, yeah, I know, right? And did you notice how extremely good looking this new journalism teacher was? Yes, very French. She's French or something. She's exotic. She may even be America's next top model. <laughs> Oh, the late Miss Dumas was uh, played by Nima Moore or Naima Moore, who was the winner that year of America's Next Top Model. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, So, yeah, Duncan and Veronica are going to the bus. Logan stops them and tells Veronica he's going to miss her. Yes. The second the second time I watched, (laughs) I noticed that. Like Logan caused this because he didn't take the breakup nope. well. He's like, I'm going to kill Veronica and Duncan and everybody on that bus. It did cross my mind. That's that's crazy. If if Logan did it, he is uh, he is advanced past uh, Aaron Eccles territory. He is uh, mm-hmm. um, I do want to mention a couple of uh, deleted scenes here that happened right around this point. Uh, before Duncan and Veronica get to the bus, uh, they're walking through the campus, and Veronica tells Duncan she's not feeling the love. So he literally dances all around the campus, on tables, around a flagpole, just loudly proclaiming his love for Veronica. And it's really cute and sweet. He even says, uh, my life is so much better with Veronica in it. And as he's turning, he bumps into Meg. Ah. Which is very awkward. <laughs> Yeah, because there needed to be something more. Because Meg does not seem like the kind of person that would be so upset about this breakup. Right. I mean, maybe she did like Duncan a lot, but like Veronica says, they he broke up with Meg on the last day of school. They were broke up for a long uh, for a long time I, before yeah. her and Duncan Logan, started dating. Logan and uh, Logan was in jail. Not in jail. He was in jail. Yeah. For six weeks. And then he and Veronica continued going out after that. So it was at least a couple months before Duncan and Veronica started going out. Yeah. And when you're in high school, weeks are like years. Yep. Exactly. Also, um, if if you're living in today's age, it also feels like that. Um, (laughs) You remember last week when (laughs) – anyway. uh, Also – Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to the store tonight to get some poster board in case we have to. Oh, good. March. Good. <laughs> awesome. We got a protest. Um. Also, another deleted scene. There's actually some lines that are cut when Dun- Duncan and Veronica encounter Logan uh, by the bus. Uh, Duncan actually starts shaming him for his ongoing battle with the PCHers. Like he says, basically, you and the Jets have a rumble with the Sharks, uh, which. Right. I'm assuming it was probably cut because the baseball team they go to visit is called the Sharks. So maybe it would be confusing to somebody who uh-huh. hasn't seen West Side Story. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was cut. Uh, but, yeah, Logan doesn't join the bus. He goes to the Casablanca's house and asks if Dick and Beaver can come out to play. And that's when Kendall invites him in and says, asks him to go find them. <laughs> and disrobes on her way. 
away from the door. And does she say, you know, are you coming? Oh, yeah, that's great. All sorts of innuendo, but oh my gosh, Logan is having sex with Dick and Beaver's stepmom. Meanwhile. Not not surprising because, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. May, I, I, what am I trying to say here? I expected her to have more of a, a an arc and more of more scenes mm-hmm. than just eye candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Charisma Carpenter. She is an actress. She's not just eye candy. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, the the hits keep coming. We then meet uh, Woody Goodman, who is the Sharks owner. He's the little league coach, and he's the mayoral candidate. And he's also played by Steve freaking Gutenberg. <laughs> Whatever it is, Steve Gutenberg did it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's He's the biggest star. He's the biggest guest star. So yeah. he, whatever the mystery is, he did, he did it. it. Obviously. <laughs> Mahoney from Police Academy. Uh, that guy from Cocoon. Uh, three Men and a Baby. But, but he seems a, like a very genial guy. He's, he's not... Super nice. He's, he's not a murderer. Yeah. And Jessica Jones is his daughter. I'm sorry. We'll call her Gia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it turns out journalism is her favorite class. So this is why Woody pulled some strings and got the class to come out and to the Shark Stadium. So basically, uh, Woody could introduce Gia to her new classmates. <laughs> so, you know, you can do that when you have a lot of yes. money. <laughs> so she's definitely <laughs> 09 or material. Um, and then I love how she just kind of points. He's like, she's like, I don't really dress usually this way, but I just wanted to come to the school and find out how everybody else dresses. So <laughs> before I could figure out what I'm going to, you know, she, it's like, she really wants to fit in with everybody, mm-hmm. but it's just such like a, such a ditzy way to do it. I don't know. Um, also Dick is very much in love with her as would anybody be. He wants to pluck her. <laughs> yes. Um, Woody introduces uh, famous baseball player Terrence Cook, um, and Veronica is really excited because her dad is a huge fan, but she's a fan of pretty Johnny Damon, um, which is very of-its-time reference. <laughs> Do you remember Johnny Damon? No. He was like... I don't know what that means. He was a means. Red Sox guy. Oh, okay. So, very good looking. Yeah. Uh, uh, this guy seems his voice seems very familiar. I looked up his IMDb credits. I, I don't know yeah, from any, anything either. in particular. No. Um, so yeah, Dick uh, offers Duncan and Veronica a ride in the limo. Veronica decides to ride the bus back to make amends with Meg, but Meg's not interested in making amends. They stop at the gas station. Veronica sees Lily's ghost. Yeah, I mean, obviously Amanda Seyfried is not back for season two, but. I liked that that um, that there's still echoes of season one. This, Lily is still around. The idea of Lily's death. I know, and, uh, I know, definitely. But it's just so weird to think that. Like, either you believe that this is a real ghost, and there are now ghosts on Veronica Mars, and not just memories <laughs> of ghosts, or this is a memory of Lily. But for some reason, this memory leads her around the corner to go talk to Weevil and keeps her off the bus. I mean, it really does seem mm-hmm. like some sort of supernatural intervention. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take it as as that literal. I just took it as the 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 uh, echoes of season one. Hey, I found I googled. Hi, Rob. I'm a longtime fan. This is TV Guide. Back when they used to do these great. Oh, TV Guide. It was when Mike Osceolo was 
Anyway. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, I was wondering if the fortune cookie Duncan gave Veronica in the season premiere was a shout-out to your first screenplay, Fortune Cookie. Oh. K.L. Thomas. Wow, good background knowledge. I have a tricky response. It was definitely not a shout-out. I didn't intend for it to be any kind of inside joke, but I think it might have inspired a bit of my screenplay largely dedicated. It had been inspired a bit by my screenplay largely dedicated to fortune cookies. <laughs> Interesting. So it's like it was, but it wasn't? <laughs> yeah. He's, he talks in circles. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so uh, Weevil accuses Veronica of selling out, dating rich boys. She says, "He says I'm sure their sheets are clean," which is just ouch, <laughs> just slut shaming here, you know. Mm-hmm. And then says Logan killed Felix. Uh, Veronica says Logan was jumped. Weevil said he saw nothing, and he doesn't know about the gunshot. And she says, "Are you sure you're still in charge?" Which kind of leaves Weevil with, "Hmm." Are you noticing the big? Earring? <laughs> no. Has he got like a big 10 gauge thing in his ear? No, he's wearing a big uh, diamond earring. Oh, okay. Perhaps it's Lily's. That, that we see at the end. Keep going. I'll, I'll remind you of oh, it okay. later. Um, so the bus leaves because Meg is like, oh yeah, everybody's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's not like Meg. <laughs> I don't know. A good stranding isn't... <laughs> Probably because some good payback, but I don't know. Um, but again, it's like payback for what? She waited. Maybe, maybe, maybe Meg was hoping that she'd come talk to her. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Weevil leaves and he just turns around and comes picks her up. And yeah, they're driving down the Pacific Coast Highway, and then they suddenly find the limo uh, parked beside the road, and there's smoke rising. The bus went over the cliff. And uh, from at this point, we think that everybody's dead. Mm -hmm. Of course, the only one we really care about is Meg because we like Meg. And uh, it's sad that her and Veronica were fighting when she met her end. And Duncan is like freaking out because he thought Veronica was on the bus. But Mm. Veronica says, this is Neptune. Nothing happens accidentally. The song that plays is weirdly upbeat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what song it was. I don't know what the song was. It was one of those WB songs. Uh, yeah, yeah. UPN, of course. UPN. No, WB, WB, whatever, yeah. same thing. Same you know, whatever. Um, so, was there something else about the diamond earring you wanted to point out now? Because that's all I have for that episode. That no, it's later episode. on. <laughs> all right. Driver Ed, written by friend of the pod, Diane Ruggiero. <laughs> The synopsis is Veronica is tasked with proving that the bus driver did not drive off the cliff in order to kill himself. Uh, meanwhile, Wallace starts a relationship with new student Jackie. And so my first thing I have written down here is just well, let's talk about Jackie. and Let's talk about Jackie and Wallace and Wallace playing detective this time. Well, I loved how the baseball player leads us to Jackie. Yeah. You know, like that was really cool. That was a good uh Introduction. Well, the introduction is the introduction is make me a macchiato, <laughs> and Veronica says, "Oh, Poof, you're a macchiato," <laughs> and then Jackie just lays one in and says, "You know, you could do better, right?" To Duncan, which is because she thinks they're breaking up. She's like, when do you get finished breaking up? Yeah. Make me a macchiato. Um, but yeah, Jackie is uh, played by the uh, soon-to-be really, really famous uh, Tessa Thompson, which 
Is she not really, really famous now? Did, oh my gosh, she's in everything. I didn't think she was famous, famous. Uh, um, I mean, I, this is... You know, when you're in Marvel movies, you're pretty famous. Well, now, yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying at this time... Oh, nobody knew who she was then. Oh, It's I, funny. It's like I don't remember her much from Veronica Mars, but now I'm watching in her, her in Veronica Mars. And I don't know. It's like the added star power she has now. But I'm really like appreciating her performance. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just loving how sassy she is. Um, she brought her New York attitude. Yeah, she moved from New York and forgot to leave her attitude. She's ready at home. to. She's ready to start fights. She's going to tell anybody uh, what's what. Uh, and she's dating around like everybody. Wallace and Veronica thinks that Jackie and Wallace are a thing, an item, and Jackie doesn't think that her and Wallace are an mm, item. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't really, that's, that's episode three stuff, but anyway, um, uh, oh, sorry. sorry, um, Wallace, uh, is also hearing, um, these O-Niners talk about how great, um, Servando, a PCH biker was, I guess he was on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. That w- I was really confused about that at first, but you know what that is? Uh, that's the reporter. That's the reporter. What are you talking about? That, the reporter that hits Jackie's car. No. It's not? No, this is a dead person. <laughs> this is a dead student. No, no. Those people who are talking in class that Wallace is overhearing talk about this O niner. Yeah. No, this piece he's not an O niner, he's a PC. Yeah. Yeah. It's that reporter is trying to get all that information out of that stu- that yes. student. Yeah. But at first So I, you're I saying was, the reporter that wrote the story about Servando that Wallace reads in the newspaper later yes. was the reporter that hit uh, Jackie's yeah, car. Right? I didn't make that connection. But that's really funny because when you look at the newspaper that Wallace is holding and showing to Veronica, that newspaper article is written by Diane Ruggiero. <laughs> uh. So Perhaps there is a character named Diane Ruggiero in the Veronica Mars universe <laughs> that is at least gotten into a fender bender and <laughs> with a, that was doing a Drew Barrymore never been yes. kissed. This actually sounds <laughs> very much like something Diane would <laughs> cast herself <Yeah>. as. <laughs> so okay, later on when Wallace is at the second pack, yeah. and the reporter comes in trying to get information <laughs> from him, Wallace takes his. <laughs> I've yes. never seen notebooks like this. Yeah, and he takes the front page, and I'm thinking, he's going to like pencil over it to see what he's wrote on it. But that never comes nope. back, so I don't know. I'm wondering if that's something we're going to find out about later. Like, if you see that in a recap in, the, in, a, in a future episode, that that's uh-huh. why it was there. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Also, um... But, but it's really neat how they are showing that... The events of last season and the the events of the beginning of this I, well, I guess the events of last yeah. season are making uh, dividing the the community right. and causing all this uproar and all these people are trying to get into the school and trying to get information and uh, to uh, just craziness you know, yeah yeah I mean we have two warring classes we have um, a rich kid whose father m- murdered one of the cheerleaders, and we also have a busload of kids went over a cliff. <laughs> Just wow! I mean, uh, obviously, that school needs to be never been kissed uh, <laughs> to get in there and find out what's going on. 
Um, one of the suspects I should I should note uh, Jane, who's on crutches, um, seems to be crushing on Wallace a bit. Um, she's played by Valerie Curry, who was in the following uh, House of Lies, and I know her actually from um, the Amazon Prime The Tick Show. Um, she plays um, Dot, who's like the sister on the show. Yeah, she seemed very familiar to mm. me. She was good. Um, so I love how Wallace, you know, gets a kiss from Jack, Jackie, but you know, it's like Jackie, like he gets this girl to give the insurance information or whatever, and then gives her back her spark spark plugs. But like Jackie's irritated that this girl is just going to get away with it. But he also, Wallace is like, no, I also turned her into Clemens. (laughs) So, so now this girl is going to be, you know, probably brought up on charges for trespassing, you know? So, uh, my next thing I wrote, the next chapter I wrote is called the, uh, uh, Veronican, which, uh, isn't as good as love. Um, but, um, is a shipper name. Is it okay. Veronican, Duncan, Veronican. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so yeah, this is where we, so Java the Hutt, we find out that Meg is very much alive and in a coma. Um, and Veronica feels super guilty. Duncan. Just not. <laughs> don't don't feel that way. And um, there's a bit of trivia here because it's like the the first episode led us to believe that Meg was dead, but in this episode, not so much. Uh, originally, the writers had planned for everybody on the bus to die. Uh, the network found that too grisly and asked that it be changed, which is why this episode begins with the reveal that Meg survived. Oh, the network. Stupid network. <laughs> we don't care about all these other kids that were on the bus. At least one survivor, one of the characters that we know, okay? I mean, seriously, kill the next top model that's on the bus? But anybody else? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a bit of, I mean, Veronica is, her angst uh, kind of builds up over this episode. You know, she slams the locker shut of some snob that wonders if Meg's face needs reconstruction. Um, gets super. Yeah, Veronica is going through all the emotions. Mm-hmm. Gets super pissed at Duncan for being so cheery, <clears throat> um, which probably would have came off a little bit much if uh, she was dead. <laughs> you know, at least Duncan's like, "All right, she's in the hospital. She's fine. She's getting. She's gonna. She'll come out of her coma." Um, so. Um, uh, Veronica then apologized to Duncan later. She says she's feeling grief, but she's also feeling guilt, and she's also feeling joy, and, you know, that she didn't go on the bus. Um, and uh, Duncan says it's not her fault, and she tells him that line only works on goodwill hunting, which I thought was great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, later, after the whole bus driver case gets solved, we'll get to that, but uh, v- Veronica goes to Duncan's hotel room, and they have sex. And... Um, it's an interesting scene because she comes in, she kisses him, uh, they go in the other room, it zooms in on this Mona Lisa pillow as they head to bed. Yes. Did you think that was weird? Yes. scene. <laughs> Veronica goes to the hotel room, Duncan opens the door, and, you know, she, you know, they do the whole meeting at the door kind of thing, kissing, and she apologizes and all that. But then he reveals that he has staged his entire hotel room as an international journey. Uh, with like you know, like ribbon around the room to kind of like lead you through the room, so it starts like at his dining table, and it's a, and it shows a, a tea set and scones, and that's London, and then we go to like this like dresser where he's got these wind up bowls, and it, that's Spain, 
And then he opens the door and the bedroom is Italy. Um, at the foot of the bed are a, a mini statue of the Leaning Tower of Pisa and the David and also in the middle, the Mona Lisa pillow. And then she says, that's when she says, there's something I want to do before I die. I want to do this thing with you. And that's when they hit the go to bed together. So okay. <laughs> it was like this extended romantic thing. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like, what the, what's up with the Mona Lisa pillow? Like... But if you slow it down, you can see that there's a Leading Tower of Pisa and a Statue of David on either side. Yeah, I remember that I got the feeling that there was a whole, like, centerpiece, mm-hmm. themed centerpiece there. So later that night, they hear sex noises, so they kind of turn up the music. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Because, well, first he says, what are you thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was pretty yeah. cute. Um, so let's skip to the next part I have written down here is Logan. So um, Logan's uh, having sex um, with Kendall and who reminds tells him not to remind her he's a high school guy. Yeah. And uh, we, then we meet uh, Mr. Casablancas, who is known affectionately as, uh, not on the show, <laughs> but is written down everywhere that I've done research as Big Dick. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, uh, doesn't she call him like Dick Stinger or something like that? At some point? Everywhere I've read it, like read, done, done research, his, his character name is Big Dick. <laughs> uh, he's played by David Starzik. Um, and I, if he looks familiar, he was on an episode of iZombie as Terrence Fowler. Um, he was uh, on the episode Real Dead Housewife of Seattle, where. Um, he ends up at the end of the episode being locked in a room with zombies by Vaughn because uh, he was really upset that Vaughn was sleeping with his wife. Ah, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so, um, yeah, they all show up and Kendall pretends to be painting her nails while Logan's upstairs playing video games. They're both looking yeah. a little red in the face. Uh-huh. And and he's like, what's up with your stepmom? <laughs> uh Oh, and they're very mean to, to Cassidy. Yeah. You know, because uh, Big Dick is like... Uh, <laughs> I'm going well, like, to edit... Of all, a, 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 I'm going to do a fan edit every single time you say Big Dick. Big Dick and it's- well, so well, when Big Dick comes in to talk to Logan, he's like being a dick to him. He's like, how are you doing? Wait, what did, doing pretty what good. Big, and I'm, I'm doing better than you are. Wouldn't Big Dick I'm, be a dick to him? I mean... Like naturally, yeah. well, he's, I mean, he is dick. He, he's like a big one. Yeah, but he's. I mean, it's just coming off that that's just his personality. He's just a dick. <laughs> his personality, <laughs> you know, he's like. Uh, he's got to, like Logan says, you got to one up me. Yeah. Um, and so, and and there, and he invites him to go to the shooting range with him the next day with with little. And there's dick. like a joke, like as long as I'm not the target. <laughs> <laughs> and so. I, and then Cassidy, then Cassidy says, well, I guess I'll go knit something. <laughs> so I love we go to the, the gun rage and we see uh, Little Dick uh, shooting like a gangster, which I I oh, think that course. clip actually gets added. I think it's either in the credits or it gets added to the credits because that's very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Big Dick gives Logan pointers, says when he's at work, his family doesn't exist and vice versa. And Logan says, well, it sounds like something my murderer dad would say. <laughs> Um, Logan, uh, Dick wants Logan to hang out and get some girls while Big Dick and Kendall are out. So later, uh, Veronica's coming out of the hotel room and sees Logan exiting the other room and he heckles her 
And uh, she gets upset and pages the next room and hears a female voice answer. And then the next time we see anybody, uh, we see uh, Big Dick and Kendall coming home and teasing Beaver. Um, and Kendall is got her hair all up. So that was very strange because you would assume that was Kendall in the hotel room. But it seems like she was hanging out with Big Dick, Big Dick all that night, right? Well, I no, I assumed it was Kendall. How? She just she just got away. It was like a meeting or something, and she just got away. I mean, like I was like wondering why this uh, rendezvous right under your husband's nose, you know, at this hotel. Yeah. But maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it was somebody else. I there's no really to- deleted scenes that explain anything that's missing here. You know, at least that's included in the DVD. Maybe there was something that she, little added bonus of hers, you know, slipping away or anything like that. Because she honestly, she looked like her hair was done and she was in a dress. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't look like, you know, she was just painting her nails. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, maybe it'll be revealed that it is somebody else. Maybe. Who could it be if it is? I don't know. Mac? <laughs> no. Dick? No. Oh, wait. His voice isn't that high on the phone. Um, Shelly Pomeroy. <gasps> Shelly Pomeroy. <laughs> Solved. Okay. Uh, the other la- last thing that happens in this episode with that is uh, Beaver finds a condom wrapper under the couch. And I believe the condom wrapper says something like big or large or something like that. Live large. Live large which is just like, <laughs> all right then. <laughs> Guess we know some <laughs> things about Logan. Some things I didn't want to know about. But anyway. Um <laughs> So let's go to the case of the bus driver. Um, the bus driver, uh, Lamb faces the news media while Woody looks on, and he's looking very disapprovingly as Lamb's just laying it all out for the news media to tear into. The suspect is Ed Doyle, history of mental illness, and supposes that uh, you know. Well, he won't. He won't quite confirm, but he kind of leaves it out there for the news media to assume that he committed suicide. And Woody, yeah, Woody's looking pretty shocked at this. You know. Yeah, uh, not just that he told everything, but that they're uh, they're just they're like not leaving anything open to uh, to investigate more. They're like it's obviously it was suicide. Yeah, we're like closed case and not listening to anything else. And so Woody decides that he's going to try to get uh, Keith to run for sheriff again because yeah. Lamb is obviously terrible at his job. Yep. And he says, he even admits, I love how he admits to Keith that, you know, he actually thought that um, Keith was wrong before, but it turns out he was wrong. Mm. And yeah, this is at the Little League practice, and he ends up breaking up a fight between the Little Leaguers. And um, Keith tells Veronica that uh, Woody is a, a shoe-in because he's running for mayor, but he doesn't want to put her through an election of his own. And But uh, yeah, at the, bottom, at the end of the episode... Uh, um, well, Keith decides to run because he sees Ari Grainer come in, the daughter, and is trying to get answers. Oh, Ari, the daughter doesn't want it to be a suicide because the insurance. Will pay. Oh, yeah, yeah. They need for it to be an accident so to get the insurance mm-hmm. money. And also, you know, there's probably something inside her is like, I don't. This, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ari Grainer, you know her? I know her from For a Good Time Call. And also, she was, Lisa, you're tearing me apart. She was in the room? <laughs> she was in the disaster artist. Oh, the disaster artist. Okay. <laughs> I know that line. I've never seen the room or the disaster artist, but I, I know that line from. Oh, 
So. You're missing out. How are how are you living I, I, in Somehow I've 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 gotten through and I was like, Do I want to sit down for a really terrible bad movie? <laughs> or maybe you know, maybe I should just it's, watch the movie about terrible. the bad, terrible movie. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Oh, okay. Because you, you will not get it. So so I have to watch the movie itself first? Yes. Oh, and it's not terrible. That's the thing. It's not terrible. Okay. Um, it's terrible in a way, but in a way it's not. Well, you know, if we could somehow uh, spin off our Gilmore Girls uh, into a room special edition. <laughs> somehow tie it in. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I, did ha- I did have some trivia here for her. She uh, starred on the CBS sitcom version of Cameron Diaz's movie Bad Teacher about 10 years later after uh, being oh. on here. And she was she starred on it with uh, Ryan Hansen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I really like her. She's funny. Canceled after nine weeks. <laughs> oh. She also played uh, grown-up daughter Rachel on the the show Fringe. So it was Olivia and uh, Pacey's daughter that was grown up in the later oh. seasons. Yeah, uh, and now stars with Melissa Leo on Showtime's I'm Dying Up Here. I don't oh, know Showtime, okay. so I've never seen it, but I, I'm assuming I tried to watch that show. I couldn't get into like it. Stand up comedy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Veronica goes to the crash scene and runs into a man in a Hawaiian shirt who will be dead later. <laughs> uh, this man is played by uh, Adam Bitterman, uh, who Buffy fans might know as Gacknar. Uh Gacknar is from the episode Fear Itself and is very tiny when we see him on camera. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was so excited to see them. The driver Ed of Veronica Mars' second season is Gacknar from Fear Itself. <laughs> Wow. Um, and yeah, Jesse, just no public courtesy for mourning people, like just scoffing at people who she's like thinks that everybody's just competing in the size of their memorials to their, you know, lost children, you know, just wow. Um, so yeah, uh, it turns out uh, the gas station clerk is Kevin Smith. Um <laughs> Which, Kevin Smith is a clerk. I don't know if I can buy this. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's a funny cameo. Uh, and then and then he's like, does this make me look fat? He goes to the, the did he like just write his own scene? Because this sounds like a Kevin Smith monologue. This is either Kevin Smith <laughs> monologuing on his own, or this is, uh, you know, Diane Ruggiero being like a Kevin Smith fan and writing, what, writing in Kevin Smith's voice, because it really does sound like him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he's also, he seems... Why is Kevin Smith on this show? He Why? must be a fan. He must have said, hey, I love the <laughs> show, you know? I, you know, that's what it seems to, how it seems to kind of happen, you know? Um, so Ed got a slushie and peanuts and got the St. Christopher's medal. And she's like, this makes no sense. Why is this guy who's about to kill himself, get a slushie and peanuts and a St. Christopher's medal? And then Veronica notices that the uh, payphone has a no change sign. So or no change. There's there's a payphone and there's a sign that says no change. So she assumes that he bought the stuff to get change for the payphone. So uh, she goes to the police station and apl- applies for a receptionist job, uh, <laughs> which is really funny. And uh, Lamb freaks out that uh, Deputy Sachs left Veronica alone <laughs> and kicks her out. But yeah, she gets uh, info on the payphone. But first, um, oh my god. I didn't put this part in my Wallace notes, but there's one bit, of, one bit of thing from that Wallace case. Um, there's hacky sack dudes that Wallace talks to. Yeah. And the main one says that the driver was a blonde chick with a green car. 
Hank mm-hmm. Dude Number One is played by uh, an actor named Miko Hughes. Miko is a child actor, or you know, he's a teen, he's a teenage now, now teenage version of the child actor. Um, he played Tom Hanks's son in Apollo Thirteen. <laughs> He played uh, Steve Gutenberg's son in Zeus and Roxanne. <laughs> he played Chevy Chase's son in Cops and Robertson's. Uh, Bruce Willis protected him in Mercury Rising. Uh, he was Heather Lagenkamp's son in New Nightmare. And uh, most importantly, uh, he scared the shit out of me as a kid because he played Gage in Pet Cemetery. Oh, wow. Have you seen Pet Cemetery? Yeah. So he's, he was the creepy little kid. Huh. They're remaking that movie, and I can't imagine they're, they're going to get a kid that creepy, but um, maybe. I don't know. But I was just like, this kid looks familiar, and looked up the episode, and was like, oh my god, it's Gage. <laughs> like, this kid that scared the crap out of me as a kid. Anyway. Wow. Or was a teenager, actually, when that movie. I'm old. Um, so anyway, the... The Cotters. That's that's where the phone call came from. The Cotters' house, which I'm not sure if that was a riff on "Welcome Back, Cotter." Or, um, and so, yeah, the um, nobody the, the Cotters say was they have no idea. Um, so Veronica goes back to Jesse's, and the mother's angry. Little brother's in tears. Jesse's telling the son, the the little brother, that daddy was really sick. And uh, he left the note and he said that he was sorry to leave, but he can't stay even for the kids. And that's when it clicks for Veronica that Mrs. Cotter was having an affair with uh, Ed. Can I? Because the phone call was like four four minutes long. Too long to be a wrong number hang up. So I had another IMDb holy crap moment uh, here. Uh Uh-huh. Mrs. Cotter is played by Kristen DeTillo. Who was Janie in Aerosmith's Janie's Got a Gun video? <laughs> oh, I knew she seemed very familiar. <laughs> that, wow, that was a uh, traumatic <laughs> video to watch. Um, oh, here's here's what uh, Kevin Smith said about uh, hands down the best television show on the best show on television right yeah. now. Proof that TV can be far better than cinema. The cast is uniformly excellent, and the dialogue crackles. Yes. I agree, Kevin Smith. Um, also, uh, there was a deleted scene I should tell you. It's not really anything important. It's Veronica sitting outside in her convertible. Is that a Chrysler LeBaron? It's a Sebring. Mm, I don't believe it. Is it? Um, you can Google that next. but um, <laughs> Maybe it is a LeBaron. I don't uh, know. It's really the, the only reason why I wrote this down is because she's sitting out there. She's outside the Cotter's place. She sees Mr. Cotter leave. And so she gets out to go inside. It's a LeBaron. Yep. She gets out of the she gets out of the car, closes the car, and then locks the door, like pushing pushes the lock down on her convertible car. <laughs> like what? Maybe. You, like you could literally Maybe. just like reach down <laughs> and unlock the door. Like I, it's like the Maybe it's lock habit. for mild being mildly inconvenienced. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, Veronica introduces Jesse to Mrs. Cotter, who says her dad was planning on breaking up. They had plans. It wasn't a suicide. She regrets never being with the man she loved, which sends Veronica off to, into Duncan's arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is where uh, Keith tells Veronica he's running. And I love that they're playing Where's My Mind, which is never old. Uh, I mm. love that song so much. And should Me just too. be in every episode of TV. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. randomly. Um, and yeah, Keith tells Veronica, you look different. 
Because, you know, girls look different when they have had sex. Yeah. It's biology. But Also, she's wearing a purple I Heart guitar shirt. But also, apparently her and Duncan yeah, she, did it at Shirley Palmer's she hasn't, party. She hasn't lost her virginity. She's Her virginity is already gone. So she, But she's not like... Yeah. Actively having sex, so I don't but know. But it's really not a thing anyway, so it's really stupid. <laughs> <Just plug-a-joy. laughs> um, I do have a note about the purple I Heart guitar shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's ugly. It's hideous. Uh, it, it's not very. It's not very. Uh, it's not well suited for television. Or, or Veronica. I like so. So this was meant Mm-mm. to be a sloppy and comfortable shirt. Veronica would never be caught dead wearing outside of her house. But at the last minute, the script was changed so that Veronica ended up wearing the shirt to school, much to the surprise of the costume designer who had been away from the set that day. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of the episode, a man in a flowered shirt washes up on the beach, and on his name is written Veronica Mars. Which is just a and on great his cliffhanger. on his hand. Did I say in his hand? <laughs> you said on his name. On his name. Wow. <laughs> All right. This is a good time to take a break and remind everybody to check out the app <laughs> from our friends at TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers, where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And also, we're a member of the TV Talk Network. Make sure to check out TV Talk for more podcasting fun. That's tvtalk.fm. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Written by Phil Klemmer and John Embaum. Um, Veronica investigates Kendall Casablancas at the request of her stepson, Cassidy Beaver Casablancas, and eventually finds some important information about Logan. Meanwhile, Veronica tries to help Wallace get a date with Jackie Cook, which is completely wrong. She doesn't try to get it. Try to help them get a date. Like, they're dating. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you, IMDb? All right, so I first have Keith and Alicia. So Keith tells Alicia he's running, but he's got this book signing in Chicago. Asks Alicia to join him. Um, and so um, we find out Keith filed divorce papers, which is good because <laughs> it really needed to happen. Um, and Veronica wonders if this uh, trip is a, about a proposal, but Keith swears that if he was going to do that. He'd, he'd tell her. When he knows, she'll know. So uh, Keith and Alicia at a jazz club in Chi-Town um, says that Veronica talked him into running, looks forward to being a county sheriff again. And on the way out, somebody recognizes Alicia and he calls her Sherry. And, th- and then mm-hmm. he flashes a badge to get her get their room number. And it's Black Lightning. Black Lightning is on the case. <laughs> I was really excited. I was like, Chris Williams, no way. It looks like the, the people keep coming. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Chris Williams was in Never Been Kissed. <laughs> way, wow. Yeah. He's also in 90210, Friday Night Lights, and Heart of Dixie. Oh, I remember him from Friday Night Lights. Because wasn't he... Oh, who was the running back? Stop. Smash? Smash Williams. Smash Williams. Wasn't he Smash Williams' dad? Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I recently was watching old 90210 in my preparation to go to the Brian Austin Green event in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I he he shows up there as, as a high schooler. So, oh my yeah, god! <laughs> um, this this episode had an audience of three point oh three million American viewers. Nice. That's a lot of like that's that wasn't a lot back then, but today that would be a yeah, little, a huge yeah. audience. <laughs> Uh, this is pre-Netflix numbers. 
<laughs> um, also, the cop, this this guy is a cop. He flashes a badge, and uh, I, I guess he doesn't storm into this room because the next time we see him, he is in Neptune. He finds Alicia's name in a phone book and rips the page out. <laughs> like, just I, I, I can't imagine. Like, you know, you wonder why they printed all these That's phone books a- once a year. These gigantic books, and it's because these yeah, people... Yeah, but that's a, that's a trope. Yeah. When you're looking for somebody on television or in oh, the I movies, know. you rip their... You, rip, you yeah. can't just write the name down. You can't just, like, remember a number. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's hanging in the background. We, what's going on with this guy? Who's Sherry? Why is, why is her name Sherry? Um, so, I mean, I know, but... I, is I this wanna... Wallace's father that... Alicia is trying to get away from Is he dangerous Was he abusive Is that why she changed her name Why does she need to get away from him I, Why isn't she telling Keith? Does he or does he not have lightning powers These are questions we need to know <laughs> Moving on to Wallace and Jackie um, Veronica isn't happy to see Wallace invited Jackie To join the lunch buddies And Wallace tells her to retract her claws um, but yeah, this is like the first time Jackie and Veronica talk since the first time <laughs> she apologizes. Since the, she made her a macchiato. Yeah. Um, she's tired of Jane Austen, so Veronica, in, as a you know, goodwill, uh, invites them to Duncan's to watch the Colin Firth version of Pride and Prejudice, which so many people love. I've never seen it. Me either, but that's when oh my um, god, We're, most people fell in love with Colin Firth. Have so many people. Like that's like one of those things where you don't mention it in public. Like, yeah, it's in my queue. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we don't want a Darcy coming up soon on uh, the feed. Just stay subscribed. <laughs> in Duncan's room, Veronica uh, is getting really tired of all the great stories Jackie has of meeting all these people. Uh, I think she says she meets Colin met Colin Firth at one time, or you know. Yeah, she was dating a, a guy who was in a play with Colin oh, Firth. Right, right, right. Her boyfriend flew her to Paris because yeah. uh, she was bored with New York. And how? How? Yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, Neptune probably has better weather. Oh. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, Veronica tell. Tells Wallace, like, hey, listen, you know, I'm not saying you're out of her league, like, or she's out of your league. I'm saying you're out of her league. Mm-hmm. And yeah, later in the episode, Jackie shows up in Java the Hut with another guy. No shame on her. Because face. it's, yeah, no shame. It's like Veronica is trying to like her. And then, boom, she's got ammo and nuts. And that here. happens. Mm-hmm. And then Wallace and Jackie invite them to uh, the second uh, part of Pride and Prejudice, and just, she's just acting like normal. No sign of shame And this is your classic uh, TV drama thing Where people just don't tell each other things <laughs> mm-hmm. When maybe Maybe Jackie and Wallace have an understanding yeah. Maybe she, maybe she's made him aware That she's not seeing him exclusively yeah. If I tell the, It's the classic TV trope Of if I tell my friend This news That they probably want to know But will be upsetting Will they be upset with me <laughs> But also, if I don't say anything about it, they will be upset with this me. This is classic, classic rift-making uh, TV mm-hmm. drama. Uh, some trivia about this. Uh, the writers meant for this to be a morally gray situation, since on one hand, Jackie didn't tell Wallace what she was doing, but on the other hand, Jackie and Wallace had only gone on one date. 
Audience reaction came down hard against Jackie for this action, causing the show creator to comment, quote, when I think we're landing in that gray area, the fan base is a little more black and white on things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's move on to Kendall and Big Dick. (laughs) Ah, so future business. Wait, can we talk about this cameo? What was that? When they're at the job of the hut and it's karaoke night. Oh yes, have we gotten to that part yet? Uh, it's in a different section, but go ahead. Oh, Please. that it's the lead singer from the Dandy Warhol yes. that sings "Love Hurts." It's such a weird. It's scene. so, it's so weird. weird. It's so weird. So this guy Lars sings to his girl Jeannie, singing Jeannie with the light brown hair, which I'm sure she's really tired of hearing. And then this other guy goes up. And starts seeing love hurts And Lars is really sad to see that Jeannie is in tears Staring at the sky <laughs> So weird um, Because because mainly you're like Who is this guy yeah, yeah. He, And he has such like a strange face And they go zoom right in on his face It's Like we're supposed to know who he yeah, is Yeah yeah and I don't know His name is Courtney Taylor Taylor Mm-hmm I had to I had to look him up. I had to Google yeah, it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's so strange. And the guy who plays Lars also played a karaoke singer in a different episode of Veronica, which I'm, assur- I'm assuming is the one where the the clash the clash of the Tritons. I believe that was where Veronica sang karaoke. So I'm wondering if he was singing to Jeannie in that episode too. But I didn't want to go back and look. So <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we have the future business leaders of America. Uh, Veronica's in there to hang out with Duncan. Uh, Sullen Logan is there. Um, Dick is there. And uh, ignored Cassidy is also there, being ignored by his dad. <laughs> Poor Cassidy. Uh, Mr. Pope is the teacher, played by Michael Kostroff. I like this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in The Wire, The Deuce, Luke Cage, and also in an episode of Party Down. Oh. Uh, so... Big Dick is here to talk real estate and, you know, talking about shareholders and owning a piece of different properties and, and uh, you know, just about, like, getting the, the private island of Pablo Escobar and, you know, throwing a big party on there for everybody to come to. Just give thousands of dollars. No, wait. That was another thing I, re- I watched last week. Um, what? <laughs> no. Did you watch any of the fire documentaries? No, I have no idea what that is. Oh my god, you you've avoided the fire stuff. Well, mm-hmm. You need to look that up because that, that this whole uh, uh, big dick scam is uh, gosh, it's, it feels so dirty to say it. Um, it is reminding me quite a bit of uh, the fire. Look. Oh, so that was a scam. Yes. Okay. Basically, guys scammed people to pay for this gigantic concert, and that turned out to be nothing. Just just watch it on Netflix. It was it was good. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, there's also one on Hulu. There's a competing thing, but I watched the Netflix one, so that's the one I'm going to recommend. Um, all right. So it's during this that Veronica notices a brochure for Sandpiper Hotel and holds it up to the camera as in, as if to say, "Remember this." <laughs> uh, yeah. So Beaver walks her out of class and says, "Like, hey, it's cool you're in in Future Business Leaders of America, being a girl and all. Like, dude." <laughs> And you're poor. Yeah, yeah it's like, ah, oh, you know. Anyway, he doesn't trust his gold big digger stepmom. He found the condom wrapper. He wants a thousand dollars. He's going to give her a thousand dollars for a picture of Kendall violating the prenup and gives her uh, Kendall's schedule. So Veronica tails Malibu Barbie, uh, takes photos of her and another guy exchanging bags. 
Um, and uh, I love, I love, love, love the uh, the camera montage of Veronica. You know, zooms in on the camera lens and zooms out. Um, I don't know, just her doing the surveillance. Um, Kendall looking out hotel window turns into a, like a photo that Veronica's looking at in the next scene. I thought that was a cool transition. Anyway, mm-hmm. shout out to John Kretschmer, the director of this episode, if he's listening, which he's not. Uh, so Veronica shows Beaver the pictures and we find out the hotel is owned by Big Dick. We need further evidence. Uh, he says we need further evidence. So um, Veronica does this whole thing with the iPod shuffle, which is also acts as a flash drive in this episode. <laughs> it's really weird technology. Yeah, I didn't understand. I think when she when she when she went to the gym and she got hers, I think she put a camera on hers. I'm it, she like sure. took it apart and she took she she got one of her for herself. She got Cassidy Byer one. She took it apart, put a like a tiny camera in there, which wow, uh, and then told him told Cassidy to load her music onto the iPod Shuffle, uh, and then when she went to the gym, she switched the iPod Shuffles with her, and uh, then tells her that her ass looks totally awesome, which you know makes Kendall not annoyed at all anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but then when she gets the 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 iPod shuffle back, she is also able to plug it into the side of the laptop and bring up pictures that way. Which is <laughs> just like, what? How, how is this? How I, is don't, this working? I don't know. Anyway. So, um, this time, um, uh, she's, she follows and sees that this time it's at the sandpiper and, it, oh, it doesn't look like it's in the brochure. So she follows the man from the bank and then to the courthouse to meet the county assessor. And it turns out the guy was the county assessor. So she goes to Mr. Pope to dump the stock that he had invested. And he says, if I sell, I would just stick it to somebody else. And he had this huge plan of retiring on a sailboat. So bye-bye to that. Poor Mr. Pope. Um, what? I just I just can't believe that Pope would I just can't believe that he couldn't sue Big Dick and get his money back. Like I can't believe that Pope would be stuck with no money. Right. Like it seemed like legally he would have he would be able to sue. Yeah, I know, but I guess, you know, how many other people would be involved in that suit? It's like how would he how would they get the money? I, I really don't know how that all works, so I don't. I don't either. I don't. I don't understand. So, um, uh, Veronica, uh, they look at the pictures on the laptop after the whole Dandy Warhol's cameo, and um, the mm-hmm. picture shows Logan standing there with his shirt off and Kendall about to take hers off. So, um, Beaver runs off. Um, I mean, Cassidy. Uh, Veronica calls Logan, but he's busy with Kendall. He goes to she goes to his house, asks about Kendall, and he says that she's just just a playmate. Playmate, and she calls him a cliche, poor little rich boy with a death wish. You must enjoy it. And um, she says, "This is a courtesy. I suggest you start locking your door." Mm-hmm. And this is where she walks by the posters of Aaron's movies. Oh yeah, hold on a second. That's that's my next thing, but. Um, Oh, okay. okay. Uh, um, so uh, Beaver gives uh, Big Big Dick the pictures. Big Dick freaks out and starts packing. He says, "Shred everything!" and jumps on a copter. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's really sad that Cassidy did. He accidentally got his dad in a lot of trouble. Yeah. 
<laughs> but he, that's not what he was. He was trying to please his dad. He was trying to get some attention, trying to please his dad, trying to make things right. Is the only good dad on this show Keith Mars? Yeah, and Woody. All these dads are Woody Goodman. There's nothing wrong with Woody Goodman. His name is so Good far. Man. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. And we know a good man. He's not a listener, but he is a good man as well. Um, okay, so the, the last part is about Curly. Um, Curly is the guy that washed up on the beach. So yeah, Sax takes Veronica and Veronica warns Lamb about Keith, and he says to her that you're 18, you're an adult now, and she says that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> and it calls him a mildly constipated David Caruso, which is just <laughs> chef's kiss. Uh, uh, so, yeah, David Curly Moran. Um, uh, ah, I see what you're saying. Lamb found an earring outside a biker bar. Um, and uh, Yeah, somebody had beat up Curly Moran at a biker bar and he had fell into the water and washed up on the beach. Did so. You're thinking that this earring is the earring that Weevil was wearing, and that this yes. fight is a lost earring, or you know, gave it gave a lost. You know, it's Weevil's earring that ends up being in. It's going to place Weevil with with uh, Moran, and somehow it's related to the death of Felix. Mm-hmm. But also, this is related to the bus because Veronica saw Curly at the memorial site. Okay, if Curly is a stunt driver, right, and he was hired by Aaron to kill Veronica, right, as we as it comes out here, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Why is Curly alive, and why was he on the bus? And he he rigged I don't the understand. bus. He rigged the bus yeah, to you can wreck. Rigged the bus to wreck. Okay. Yeah, I love so. Yeah, like you said, uh, she comes out of Logan's room and sees this movie poster for the long haul, and she remembers looking through Curly's things, and he had a picture with Aaron Eccles, and it said, uh, "All these years still on the long haul." So, um, uh, Aaron, this is Aaron's first movie, and there was a huge tr- stunt where a truck crashes off a bridge, and the stunt coordinator was Curly. And also, by the way, mm. it says on the poster that it is a John Enbaum, Enbaum film, who is one of the writers <laughs> of this episode. And so Veronica goes to Duncan, and we're left with her crying and saying that the bus, tra- bus crash was her fault. Everybody died because of her. Oh, gosh. Just just when she was just dealing with not feeling so guilty that everybody yeah. was dead and she wasn't on the bus. Whew. There's so much. There's so much here. There's so much. So much to talk about. I can't. I have to say, we should probably wrap this up because, uh, wow, I can't believe we we cut down to three episodes yet. <laughs> we did so much. Yeah, to there's talk still about. so much to talk about. Uh, yeah, and there, I mean, like, I can like, there's so much that needs to be filled mm-hmm. in that we can expect to see this season. Many balls up in the air. Felix's death. Curly. Ed. Because usually when I'm watching a show, you're starting out the season, you're like, oh, my God, 22 freaking episodes. (laughs) But, you know, this this show needs 22 episodes Uh a season. Yep. Because the 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 uh, because the mystery is so big and elaborate and there's so many, many mysteries that I don't feel like 22 episodes would exhaust me. All right, so our next three episodes are called Green-Eyed Monster, Blast from the Past, and Rat Saw God. 
Now that's standing out to me. I don't know why. I can't wait to see. <laughs> I believe it's come up before. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, I believe it is the name of Rob Thomas's book. Oh, so, okay. His first book. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how it relates when we talk about it next week. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to wait. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.